This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and 920-1260 and 1420-AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. I have a girlfriend, and whenever I see her, I say, Hey, Chrissy, what's your joy level? It's my way of checking in, finding out her mood, taking her temperature. The other day, she said, I'm a solid six. That's not bad when it comes to joy. I want to ask you to check in with your hope level. If I were to say, hey, what's your hope level? Where would your hope be these days? The Book of Hope is the new book from Jane Goodall and Douglas Abrams. You remember Doug Abrams. He gave us the Book of Joy, remember? He spent that time with His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu, those two great friends. And from that gathering, Doug Abrams gave us the Book of Joy. Now he's hanging out with Jane Goodall. And the book is called The Book of Hope. A Survival Guide for Trying Times. Now, Doug is carrying on in this theme in the Global Icons series, and he actually wants to know who you want him to talk to next. But let's talk now about the time he spent with Dr. Jane Goodall. A few surprising things here. I didn't know she was a whiskey lover, but we do know how much Jane Goodall loves the natural world. From the book, page 104, the last thing I want to say, Jane continued, her voice sounding stronger now, the whiskey clearly having done its job. It's that not only are we part of the natural world, not only do we depend on it, we actually need it. In protecting these ecosystems, in rewilding more and more parts of the world, we're protecting our own well-being. There's lots of research proving this, but it is something that is incredibly important for me. I need time in nature, even if it's just sitting under a tree or walking in these woods or hearing a bird's song to give me peace of mind in a crazy world. When I'm in a hotel and looking out over a city, I think underneath all this concrete, there's good earth. We could be growing things. There could be trees and birds and flowers. Then I think of the push to green cities with urban trees, which not only reduces temperatures by several degrees, reduces air pollution and improves water quality, but also improves our sense of well-being. Even in cities like Singapore, there are projects now that link small areas of habitat with green corridors of trees so that animals can move from place to place as they look for food and mates. Whenever you give her a chance, nature returns. Every tree planted makes a difference. Jane Goodall, an unbelievable engine of hope and goodness. Doug Abrams, founder and president of Idea Architects, a literary agency and media development company helping visionaries create a wiser, healthier, and more just world. He's got some New York roots, but lives now in Santa Cruz, California. Doug Abrams, Jane Goodall, good call. Well, uh, we knew that Jane Goodall would be a fascinating person to talk to about hope uh, because she has 
not only spent her life studying our nature, our human nature, and our ape ancestors, but also the natural world, and uh, spent her lifetime spreading hope all around the world. And if, if we knew just like if we were going to understand joy, we needed to go to the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. We knew if we were going to understand hope, we needed to go to Jane Goodall. Yes, yes. So tell us about the time you spent with her. Well, uh, first of all, I should say that I, I had heard that Jane was uh, a big whiskey drinker. So I had to practice my whis- <laughs> my whiskey drinking. <laughs> um, get ready for it. I, you know, and uh, she did not disappoint. We, we got to sip and toast and uh, talk about life and um, talk about all the challenges that we're facing and, and, and what gives her hope. Uh, it was fascinating and really fun. I can't believe Jane Goodall is a whiskey drinker, of all things. Yeah. <laughs> and, and thank you so much for not letting us down, you know, for being there right with her, you know, shot for shot. Yeah, exactly. Doing, I'm doing my part, uh, representing that. America here. Now, she, <laughs> she has like four pillars of hope. Can you share those with us? Absolutely. Uh, so her four pillars of hope are the amazing human intellect, the resilience of nature, the power of young people, and the indomitable human spirit. Um, and I think, you know, so many people are despairing today because of all the challenges we face, whether that's the pandemic, economic hardship, the climate crises that we're seeing all over. Um, I live in California now, and the, the wildfires that we're facing, whether flooding, storms, all of this. Um, and she... Um, helped to see me to understand um, that there are these four reasons for hope. And fundamentally, that hope is a human survival trait that we have that allows us to survive and thrive. And without it, we perish. You know, more than a survival trait these days, it feels like a gift from God. If you have any hope, it's definitely a gift from God. Now, when last we spoke, didn't you live in Westchester? So I grew up in New York City. Um, So I am born born and raised New Yorker. And, you know, know, it's funny. I I think I was a little skeptical about hope because uh, we New Yorkers, as you know, we don't, you know, necessarily do hope so easily. We do, you know, fear, anger, outrage. Those things and you know cynicism, and I thought you know like hope is that kind of weak, is it passive? You know, let's hope for the best. And it was really interesting to to understand that hope, uh, when fused with action, is really the most powerful thing in our human nature. You know, hope is what gets us out of bed in the morning. Hope is what helps us create a better world for our children and grandchildren. It's really uh, this, uh, you know, as she called it, this powerful, fundamental human survival trait. And that, that, you know, to learn that this is something that we can cultivate, that we can have more hope, we can give others more hope, we can give our children more hope, and that was that was really powerful. Right, 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 because hope fuels all the good things that comes next. So you say hope plus action. Uh, what is it that Jane Goodall wants us to do? Well, I mean, there is, so there are things that we can do in our own lives. There are things that we can do uh, in the world together, you know, that our governments have to do. Um, but individually, every day, we make lots of choices about what we're going to um, vote for with our dollars, um, what kind of a lifestyle we're going to have, um, whether we're going to buy things that destroy the environment, 
environment or that support the environment, whether we're going to eat more meat or less meat. And those kinds of things do make a big difference. We also need to come together, businesses and governments need to come together. The 10 top oil and gas companies have pledged to be net zero by 2050. We need to create a world that our children and grandchildren can survive and thrive in. I think that's what Jane wants us to do. I think the amazing human intellect, the resilience of nature, the power of young people, and our indomitable human spirit are how we're going to get there. Um, I should also say that in addition to the Book of Hope, for the launch of the Book of Hope, we've created a global hope summit that Jane participates in and lots of other extraordinary, inspiring people to help uh, people develop hope and people can uh, go to hopesummit2021.com or Google the Activating Hope Summit and join us there. So hopefully the Book of Hope will, will be the kind of gift to give people more hope in their lives that the Book of Joy was for giving people more joy. Mm, oh, wonderful, wonderful. If it does half as much good as that first book did or that Joy book did, uh, it, it'll put yeah. so much goodness into the world. Uh, hope Summit 2021, we can find that online and participate there. So did she? Yeah. Did, did you go see the chimpanzees? So I actually was in Tanzania with Jane, which was amazing. We were on our way to the chimpanzees when I actually got a call that my dad had gone into the hospital. Um, and I had to fly back to New York and uh, take care of him and what he called companion him on his mighty journey to death. Um, it was uh, several months that he was suffering from uh, T-cell lymphoma. Um, and so I wasn't able to go see the chance, but I was able to be uh, with my dad um, as, you know, and it was such a privilege to be there as he was dying. And I guess, you know, that's the thing that, you know, we, you know, grief is something that really challenges our hope, loss. And uh, it wasn't, you know, hope went from being a theoretical subject to being a very personal one as my dad was uh, suffering and dying. So I needed this book as much as anyone. Yeah, beautiful. Well said, well said. Uh, Doug Abrams, do tell us what is going to be your next book, because you're on a very positive roll right now. (laughs) Well, you know, actually, I'd love the help of your listeners uh, to figure out what we're going to do next. If people are interested, they could come to our website, uh, ideaarchitects.com, and tell us who they want to hear from. Our Global Icon series, uh, which the Book of Joy and the Book of Hope are in, is all about going to the world's most fascinating people, bottling up their wisdom, and helping us all to uh, drink from it. Take a couple shots of that wisdom whiskey um, and uh, fortify ourselves for the good fight and for the good life. That's our, our, our goal, and we're excited to hear who people think we should be working with next. Great. Tell me about Idea Architects. So we are a book and media company that works with visionaries who are creating a wiser, healthier, more just world. And um, we get to work with these incredible people like Jane Goodall on the Book of Hope to help us all figure out how to have uh, better lives and create a better world. That's our mission. And we have the privilege of working with amazing folks like you to get the word out to create more hope and joy in the world. That's Doug Abrams, Idea Architects. So I gave that a little think, and I don't know who I would put on that list, right? Who is out there? The likes of Jane Goodall or Desmond Tutu 
or the Dalai Lama. I guess there's like Harry and Meghan, but they really haven't been at it that long. Jane Goodall with her four pillars of hope, the amazing human intellect, the resilience of nature, the power of young people, and the indomitable human spirit. Doug Abrams, he's given us the book of joy, now the book of hope. He wants to write more, get in touch, and give him some ideas. Douglas Abrams, and one of the things he said early was, grief steals our hope. Grief steals our hope. And I wanted to just read this passage on eco-grief. Doug writes in the book what he said to Jane, I read a report by the American Psychological Association that found that the climate crisis can cause people to experience a whole range of feelings, including helplessness, depression, fear, fatalism, resignation, and what they are now calling eco-grief or eco-anxiety. Jane said fear, sadness, and anger are all very natural reactions to the reality of what is happening. And any discussion of hope, she said, would be incomplete without admitting the horrible harm we have inflicted on the natural world and addressing the real pain and suffering people are feeling as they witness the enormous losses that are occurring. And Doug asked Jane Goodall, Do you ever experience eco-grief? And she replied, quite often, and sometimes perhaps more intensely than others. I remember one spring day about 10 years ago, I stood with Inuit elders by the great ice cliff in Greenland and watched as water cascaded down and icebergs calved. The Inuit leaders said that when they were young, the ice never melted, even in summer. Yet it was late winter, and they were weeping. That was when the reality of climate change hit me viscerally, and I felt pain in my heart for the plight of the polar bears as I watched rafts of ice floating where the ice sheet should have been firm and hard. Jane said that she had flown to Greenland from Panama, quote, where I met some of the indigenous people who'd already been moved off their islands because the sea levels were rising from the melting ice and warming water. They had to leave because at high tide, their homes were endangered. These two experiences so close together made a profound impact on me. It affects us viscerally when we see the places we love forever changed or destroyed. So these are the things that we read about and maybe see on the news. And these are the things that people like Dr. Jane Goodall see firsthand almost every day. Yet still, she has hope. Yet still, she encourages others to be hopeful, to get involved. And you can do just that at janegoodall.global, janegoodall.global, and at rootsandshoots.global. Okay, this is Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On today. Let's stay in the natural world as I introduce you to Rosemary Mosco. She's written A Pocket Guide to Pigeon Watching, Getting to Know the World's Most Misunderstood Birds. When did Rosemary fall in love with pigeons? It's so hard to say because I grew up bird watching, but I also grew up in cities. And I would also sort of rescue birds that were in trouble and take them to my local wildlife care center. And I, you know, I would notice birds because I was bird watching in the city. And then the local kids started to bring me injured birds and especially injured pigeons. So I got to take a closer look at them. And, and I really just sort of fell in love with those birds. All right. For people listening in Westchester on the Hudson Valley this morning, what can you tell us to look look for in the pigeons that we see around here? There is so much to look for. So pigeons are not native to North America. They are a domestic animal like a dog or a cat. 
And they were brought to North America by colonists who just thought they were so wonderful and useful. So one really cool thing you can look for is because, you know, think of like a a stray dog or a stray cat. They're a mix of a bunch of different breeds. Our pigeons come in all sorts of beautiful colors and and sometimes shapes and forms because of that really cool ancestry. So they're they're just really varied and fun to look at. What can you tell us about their social life? How do they relate to each other? They are monogamous. A lot of people don't know that, but they're real lovebirds. So sometimes, you know, when you see a flock of pigeons, you'll see some of them hanging out in pairs. And that's because they have mated for life and they're really devoted to each other. They'll do little dances and make little coups to reinforce their relationship and they'll cooperate to raise little baby pigeons too. Ah, so when I think of pigeons, I think of uh, Central Park and the pigeons eating right out of your hand. Should we be feeding them? That's a really complicated question because I totally understand why people would want to feed pigeons. You know, it it gives you an up-close and personal experience with these birds. And because they're domesticated, I would argue that we have a duty to take care of these, these creatures that, you know, colonists brought over here. But the problem with feeding pigeons is the more you feed them, the more pigeons are created. And if there's overcrowding, there can be disease and other problems. So there are all sorts of other ways that you can help pigeons. Um, and one of them is you can adopt pigeons as, as pets. They make really good pets, and there are a lot of pigeons in need of, of homes. That's Rosemary Moscow, and that's something I didn't know, that there were a lot of pigeons in need of homes. Perhaps you're in the market. Uh, Rosemary did warn me, though, you know, with the pigeons comes the poop. And you can buy almost anywhere pigeon pants. Not kidding. Little pants, and you put them on the pigeon. They're like diapers, and you change them. I don't know. Something to think about. Fascinating. Pigeon poop, by the way, has been used to make gunpowder. Pigeon poop has also been used to soften leather and fertilize crops. And you will learn in Rosemary Moscow's Guide to Pigeon Watching that there are numerous pigeon war heroes, such as World War I's most famous bird, Cher Ami. Her successful delivery of a critical message saved the lives of U.S. soldiers being bombarded by friendly artillery fire while trapped behind bars. And for her service, Cher Ami received one of France's highest military honors. (laughs) Pigeons were beloved by Charles Darwin and Nikola Tesla. In addition to being a famous inventor, Tesla was a lovelorn pigeon nurse who fed crumbs to the birds from his window and rescued sick or injured pigeons he saw on the street. His relationship with one particular bird was described as the love story of Tesla's life. Pigeons do strange and wonderful things. They blink with three eyelids. They have three eyelids on each eye. They kiss with vigor. They feed milk to their babies and they applaud themselves after mating. Everything you ever needed to know about pigeons and more. Rosemary Moscow is a science cartoonist, author, and a naturalist. She's written for everybody, from Autobahn magazine to do best-selling children's books. RosemaryMoscow.com. Find her comics at BirdAndMoon.com. Speaking of the moon, gosh, two of my favorite topics, birds and the moon. Speaking of the moon... I spend countless hours on a Facebook page called the Hudson Valley in Pictures. Have you ever? Oh, my goodness. 
these fabulous photographers, they'll take all your free time because you just get on this Facebook page and one picture is more beautiful than the other. A couple of weeks ago during the morning show, I mentioned that one photographer, Lee Burns, had an incredible picture of the full moon and the Statue of Liberty. I don't know how he did this. I don't know how he got this picture. All you see is the back of the Statue of Liberty. And in front of the Statue of Liberty's face, you see the moon. So it's like crowning the Statue of Liberty's entire face, this beautiful moon. And her torch up into the night sky, and the night sky is just a sea of blue. So the whole picture is just like blue and green and gold. It's phenomenal. And when I saw it, it's one of those pictures that you get like little tears in your eyes, like right away. So I mentioned on the air, just in passing, in maybe like 11 seconds, hey, there's a beautiful picture that Lee Burns took of the Statue of Liberty in the moon. Somebody told this photographer that I said that because he wasn't up and listening to the radio in the morning, and that's okay. I don't take attendance. But somebody told Lee Burns that I said this. He emailed me and asked if I'd like a copy of the photo. And I said, of course. And then I didn't hear from him for a few weeks, so I thought, oh, he forgot, and that's okay, you know. Then he got back to me that he was moving, and that he hadn't forgotten that he would get me the picture. Well, the picture arrived just the other day, and it is outstanding. He blew it up to like, I don't know, 11 by 17, and it's on a beautiful mat board, and it is just so glorious. So I just want to say thank you to photographer Lee Burns, and thank you to photographers everywhere. When you post pictures of your backyard birds, or your sunsets, or your sunrises, or the colors of your trees in your backyard, I am there liking every single picture, even if I don't know you. (laughs) I just so appreciate everybody who takes the time to share that kind of beauty. And if you love that kind of beauty, check out the Facebook page called the Hudson Valley in Pictures. I am just warning you, You are going to lose a lot of time on this page because you can just pour yourself into it and spend the whole day there. So thank you, photographers and artists. I appreciate what you do. And you know I appreciate your time with me. Thanks to everyone who showed up for the Mariondale Zoom that we do second Mondays at 10.30 a.m. This past Monday, our Zoom topic was Healing Through Grief. We took a bit of a deep dive into grief in order to make room for more joy. Second Mondays, I'm filling in for Beryl Hay, 1030s on Zoom. You can get the free link at mariandale.org or at casey.co. In fact, if you ever sign up for it once, they'll just send you the link the next time. So we have another Zoom coming up on second Monday in December. And that will be December 13th. And I promised for those who stuck through with uh, a Zoom on trauma and then a Zoom on grief that in December, we're talking hope and joy. Hope and joy for our Monday, 1030 Zoom, December 13th. Now listen, Sunday Zooms are back this Sunday, the 12th. Sundays at 11 are back, and those are free, and you can get that link at casey.co. We'll talk for an hour, 
and share some insights and share some stories, and I'm really looking forward to that. Our Sunday at 11 Zooms were paused for the six months of the farmer's market. So instead of Zooming, we met under the tree at the farmer's market, which was such a great time. And we'll be meeting under the tree again in May, starting Mother's Day. But until May, we are back to second Sunday Zooms. Not every Sunday, just second Sunday Zooms. And get the address at Casey.co. So people are signing up already for our February retreat. We are going to have a retreat at Mariondale in Ossining, February 25, 26, 27. And you can sign up for that now. People keep asking me, this includes food? This includes lodging? Yes, it is affordable. It is affordable because we just want to share all the good stuff that there is to share at Mariondale, Ossining. We're right on the Hudson, so we'll catch a couple of great sunsets. I mean, we're right on the Hudson, overlooking the Hudson. And there's also a beautiful labyrinth there, so we'll take some labyrinth walks. There's a nature trail. We'll do that. You know, it might be snow-covered in February, but bring your boots. And we'll also have plenty of time inside with lots of journal exercises and meditations and Reiki. And we'll probably get a couple of massage therapists in, too, to make sure everybody gets their massage on. And you can sign up at mariondale.org. And it's time for our thought for the day. And you're going to hate me for this if this gets stuck in your head all day. Those of you who know the song. Our thought for the day is lyrics from High Hopes by Sammy Kahn, who said, Next time you're found with your chin on the ground, there's a lot to be learned. So look around. Just what makes that little old ant think he can move that rubber tree plant. Anyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant. But he's got high hopes. He's got high hopes. He's got high apple pie in the sky hopes. So anytime you're getting low, instead of letting go, just remember that ant. Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. Shana. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.